0: Hey, welcome to Tebs Talks the Premier Useless Podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to JasonTebs.com. What is up, everybody? It is Tebs Talks the Premier Useless Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jason Tebs. And I've talked a time or two on this podcast as of recent, my love for Formula One. I've gotten really into Formula One this season. This is the first season that I'm actually following the race series Race to Race following the drivers on social media, watching YouTube videos about Formula One, playing the official Formula One game on the computer. I even have like a little racing wheel and the pedals uh, that you use to play the game. So I have been very steeped into Formula One this year. And I've alluded to, you know, in my past, I watched a lot of NASCAR with my dad and, Just that I really enjoyed racing then, and I've picked up Formula One with my wife this year, and just how excited I've been about this series of racing. And I kind of want to expound on that this episode. It's not going to be strictly Formula One. It's going to be like my experience with racing. Just a a really deep dive into all my experience with watching racing racing and participating in racing in one form or the other. So, I mean as far back as I can like really remember, I watched NASCAR with my dad. You know, if 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 you asked me who my sports heroes were growing up, um I would say John Stockton and John Stockton and Carl Malone uh playing for the Jazz in the late 90s. And then you know, around that time and a little later, I would say, like, Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon was really the guy that I really came to love while watching NASCAR. And Jeff Gordon is a all-star in the sport of NASCAR. I don't know if NASCAR has a Hall of Fame, but Jeff Gordon's in there easily. I don't know all of his stats. I wouldn't be able to be like, oh, he won... He won the championship this many times and raced for this many years and has this many wins. like i I don't know all of that. Yeah, it's It's been years since I kept up with NASCAR, but I really loved Jeff Gordon. he He was one of my idols growing up. you know it's like I, I want you know, I wanted to be I wanted to be Jeff Gordon more than I wanted to be like John Stockton or Carmelo. Malone. just the idea of of getting in a car and driving fast excited me i like i wanted to be a part of it and grown up in wasatch front utah nascar is not the biggest sport R- i mean racing series in general aren't that big sure we have a track a pretty premier track in our state near the salt lake airport like not too far away but it's not like if i was growing up in the south where you have like or near indianapolis where you got just racing roots, racing is, NASCAR is the thing. So it's like I didn't have any friends that watched NASCAR or really knew anything about NASCAR. And it was just me and my dad. And that was something I really enjoyed spending time with my dad, bonding with my dad over. It's something that we did together, and I think that plays a huge part of it. It was, I obviously grasped onto the interest from my dad, but... You know, the fact that we could cheer for Jeff Gordon together, the fact that we both despised Tony Stewart, right? When we saw that orange number 20 car ahead of our red and blue 24, oh, curse, curse the days. You know, if, if you saw Tony Stewart spin out, it was a good day. Uh, if, you, if you saw Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Earnhardt Jr., You know, going up in there, getting a victory, good days. Um, It's crazy that it's probably been not quite 20 years, maybe 15 years since I've really watched NASCAR in any degree. And there there are still guys like Kyle Busch is still in there, still winning races. Just the other day, I watched a race where Kyle Busch won. And apparently, it was like, oh, Kyle Busch hasn't won a race in, in a hot minute. You know, he's older compared to a lot of these guys, but whoa, Kyle Busch is winning a race. And I I remember when Kyle Busch came into the series, I, I was watching the race live where Dale Earnhardt died and racing as a whole, Dale Earnhardt, huge name. NASCAR, you know, you have a couple guys that are, would be considered the king of NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt. If if you got a Mount Rushmore of NASCAR drivers, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody that doesn't put Dale Earnhardt on that Mount Rushmore. He he was just the guy. His, his story was great, and I I was really young when it happened. I I can't remember the exact day. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I saw his car just pivot right, slam right into that wall. Like I, I watched that live, and it was rough. Like. little me being like wow this is a guy that i really liked watching him and his son were both in the series together you know here's this old cowboy type guy just going in there still putting up a fight and you watch his last moments live like that's it's kind of something that sticks with you not that i'm like horrified and it haunts me like from the outside it just looks like a car crash but understanding the end result and it's because of that specific crash that NASCAR has a lot of the safety measures that it has today, just to keep the head of the driver secure. Anyway, so I had an affinity towards NASCAR when I was younger. And my dad, when we would go to St. George, and there's this little family fun center down there called Fiesta Fun Zone, uh, and they had go-karts. And... You know, I I can remember like oh you had to be this tall to drive the go kart So there was the longest time where my dad would be driving and I'd be the passenger. And it's like I I, I waited for the day when I, when I could drive, and I was finally tall enough to drive. And I remember that first day they let me drive, and I was just so excited. Which is funny because like I was right on the line. So one time we'd go through the line, they'd let me drive and then that that same person working would let me drive but then once the next person worked then they switched positions and that next person would be like oh you're too short so i remember there was like a there was a brief period of time where it was like hit or miss if they'd let me drive the go-karts and then we would go to a specific go-karting track next to our home called speed street um that had the more advanced go-karts the ones that went a little faster uh, and it wasn't like i was crushing lamp records i wasn't I mean, I could, I could put up a fight with my dad for sure, but you know, we would look at the lap record times and just be, just be floored at how much quicker these people were going around this track than we were. And it's something where it's like, yeah, I, I, I wish I could have spent more time there. I mean, karting's so expensive. I've looked into the prices cause it'd be fun to do with my son and I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, is definitely a rich man's sport, like golf. You know, <laughs> I grew up playing golf, and now I feel like I can't do it anymore. I, I feel like I've been priced out. But I just, I love driving, or I use, I used to love driving. Now I, now I drive commuting, and commuting sucks. It's ruined my love of driving. Um, but when I, when I got my license, it was just something where I was like, getting behind the wheel just felt natural. You know, I, I'd been go-karting, I, I watched professionals do it. I I grew up in an age where I could, like, do some research online, like, okay, how do you drive a car properly? And I, I'd pay attention, and I'd focus, and I, I wanted to learn it real quick. So I had no troubles getting behind the wheel of a car and driving in a, you know, safe for a 16-year-old boy manner, I guess. And then this year watching Drive to Survive on Netflix, which got a lot of people into the sport, especially an American audience. Um, it's just reignited that flame where I I want to be a part of racing again. I want to go drive go-karts. I want to follow along with the drivers. I want to, you know, play the game. I, I want to be a part of it. it. It just it takes me back. It, it awakens something in me from when I was a child, just like this passion that I had when I was a kid, and this awe in nature I had looking at these top-tier drivers and driving these cars so fast, and the beauty of engineering meeting just peak human reaction and performance. Now, a lot of people will razz on racing and be like, oh, that's not real sporting right and the machine's doing all the work for you and i'm like well one look at any of the formula 1 drivers they are in shape they are fit men they are not your average joe it's it's an endurance sport if if anything you know nascar they're driving for like 2 3 hours and they got to stay mentally alert all two three hours. There's no downtime. There's no break. Sure, caution might happen, and you're kind of slowing down. You can collect yourself. Formula One doesn't go for as long each race, but Formula One is just it's precise. It's it's so precise, and it's so technical, and there's so much going on they have to manage and monitor. And it's two different styles of racing: Formula One to NASCAR. Uh, if you were to compare to IndyCar, is a little closer to formula one but there's still a lot of differences there each each series has its own unique things about it that i think you know if you're not a fan of one form of racing you could become a fan of a different form of racing just purely by how it's structured Um, i think formula one's a good one for novices to racing to get into because there's way less drivers to keep track of there's way less teams to keep track of and, you know, if you're my wife, there's way more attractive men to look at. <laughs> so, and that's the other part I've mentioned. I'm, I'm I'm, getting into it with my wife. And my dad's even shown some interest, you know. My dad's not following along as much as I am, or my wife is. Um, but he'll text me updates. He, he'll be like, hey, I saw this. Um, let's take the la- last race that happened. They were in Turkey. They were in Istanbul. Uh And though it wasn't like the craziest race of the season, uh, it, it, it was a unique race that brought just a really key decision in terms of the drivers needing to make a pit stop and change tires, you know, to not go into too much detail. And one guy, Lewis Hamilton, who is like the reigning king of Formula One, the best driver that's ever been in the Formula One series, most championships, most wins, he has mounted every record so lewis hamilton is sitting there it's a super close race for the championship between him and max verstappen and every point counts so you you earn points depending on how well you do in the races and so lewis hamilton at this point is fighting for third place like he he's he's got no real chance at going for second or first so he's fighting for third and there was, a, there was a decision to be made. Like, do we try and stretch it out and make it to the end? Or do we make one last pit stop, get fresh tires, and just go as hard as we can? And, you know, I'm not going to say I know everything that went into the decision. But they did go with the decision to pit, and he ended up in fifth. So it was really like, you know, a battle for third place between him and... Charles leclerc and sergio perez so you know third fourth and fifth place it was those three battling for third fourth and fifth place he ultimately ended up in fifth um which i wouldn't say caused some controversy but you could tell that lewis was a little upset not that he was mad but he, he's a passionate guy like all of the racers are and when they feel like they didn't get the result that they could have obviously there, there's going to be some some emotion behind that. And that, that's just part of sports in general, you know, show me any top athlete that doesn't get a little emotional, um, and fired up about their sport. Like you have to be to perform at the top level. So my dad texts me and he's like, Hey, you know, what happened to Lewis Hamilton? I read something that he's a little upset. And so I kind of explained the situation and my dad's like, Hey, okay. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. But you know, it, it's cool that even though my dad's not following along, nearly as much as I am and he's not watching the races, you know, we're not watching them together like we did when I was younger. He still understands like, Hey, this is something that my son's interested in and my daughter-in-law. Um, and he's been a fan of racing in the past. So it's, it's cool to see that my dad is asking questions about these things and kind of keeping tabs and following along a little bit passively and in the background. It just makes me love the sport even more that I can share it with my wife and I can share it with my dad. And I would love to have, you know, I love when anybody asks me about formula one because I'm just so engrossed in it. And it's like, I want, I want to, it's like, Oh, you know, here's my hobby. Here's something I'm passionate about. Like, let me explain it. People love explaining their hobbies and their passions and the things that interest them. And for me, it's like, it's like formula one. Like if somebody would have asked me about world of Warcraft for years and years and years, I would have been like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it's just a game I play. It's not too crazy. Like, I really like the game. Sure, if you go throughout my life history, World of Warcraft is probably my favorite game I've ever played. And when I was younger, I probably would have talked somebody's ear off. But in the last couple of years, I would have been like, eh. Yeah, World of Warcraft, if you have any specific questions, I'll answer them. But it's not like I... I know you don't really care enough for me to go into too much crazy depth about it. But it's like Formula 1... One, I... I think people can understand and get their head around like, oh, here's somebody that's passionate about a sport, than they can get around like, oh, here's somebody that's passionate about like a video game in a fantasy world, where it's like you need to understand all of these different things to grasp onto it. Like at the end of the day, it's really easy to understand, okay, Cars drive around a ch- track and the first one across the finish line wins. Like everybody understands the basics of a race, a foot race, a bicycle race, a car race. Like everybody can grasp that. So because everybody has that just initial underlying understanding of, okay, it is a race. Well, then it's a lot easier to go that next step further when somebody asks me a question about it. Because if, if you, again, if you ask me about World of Warcraft where it's like, okay, I feel like I gotta, I feel like you gotta understand all this base level stuff and the learning curve is much steeper at the beginning for World of Warcraft to just understand things at a base level where a race, race cars, yep, first cross line wins. Very shallow learning curve in the beginning. Now, here's another thing I love and I mentioned, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier Formula One is the cutting edge of technology and engineering matched with, like, the world's best vehicle racers. And I've always been a guy that's been, like, interested in technology. And you can plainly, clearly see that from a technology standpoint, Formula One is leagues ahead of nearly any other sport in terms of the information that you can get while watching, you know, the information that they present while you're watching these races and everything that goes into like making the world's most premier race cars. Now, let's take track and field, right? There are foot races in track and field. There's a hundred meter dash. There is the 400. There's a mile. There's marathons, right? Right. And there's a lot of sports science that goes into those things. You know, that's why in the last, we'll just say 30 years of Olympic level track, you know, records have just been insanely shattered and they they just keep getting more and more sane to the point where we are reaching the absolute edge of physical human capability because we have way more technology and way more sports science that goes into training these athletes and what information they can get about their bodies and what information they can put into their own abilities. So that's why track and field is getting so much more advanced. But the interesting thing about formula one is, okay, how can we take this car and use the cutting edge of engineering to make it as fast as possible? And then getting a driver in it that can take this cutting edge technology and push it to its absolute limits. You know, on the grid right now, Mercedes has, by spec, the best car. Red Bull, you know, you could argue that Red Bull does as well. So we'll just say the Red Bull car and the Mercedes car are the best that you can get. Now, that's another interesting thing about Formula One is not every single car is the same. Each, each, um, each team builds and constructs their own car, so there are slight differences. They they all have to follow the same rule framework, but there are slight differences with each car. So you have a car like Red Bull and Mercedes that are just top tier, the best cars you can possibly get. And then you have on the opposite end of the grid a car like Williams and a car like Haas that just cannot perform to the level and the degree that Red Bull and Mercedes can So not only is it a battle of, okay, who is just the best driver, but it's also a battle of which team can produce the best car. Now there's way more to that story that I could get into, but I don't care to go that deep on this episode right now. What I do want to say though, is you could have the greatest car on the grid, but it's not going to perform to its fullest potential unless you get the greatest driver in there, which is why for the last, couple seasons, Lewis Hamilton has been dominating the sport, best driver and the best car. Okay. But let's take another name. George, George Russell is in the Williams car, which is probably the second worst car there is, but he's a really good driver. So if you put George in the Williams car, he's going to drive that Williams car to the best degree he can get out of that car. But then you switch him over to the Mercedes and suddenly he's like way faster because he has a way better car. But he's still not up to Lewis Hamilton's level. Like Lewis Hamilton still probably would beat him nine times out of 10 because Lewis Hamilton is just the best driver. And then you got the discrepancy, well, Lewis Hamilton's more used to the car that he's driving. Okay, cool. But if you put Lewis Hamilton in the Williams car, I still think Hamilton's gonna win seven times out of 10 at least, right? So it's this beautiful combination of cutting edge technology and engineering meaning peak human performance to get the most out of this machine take that one step further regulations change season to season so the framework that these teams have to build their car in changes one year over the next which next season a lot of changes are happening so teams have to make a lot of changes to their cars that'll hopefully make it so the cars aren't as drastically different than one another to hopefully promote closer racing, but it's still not like a spec series where everybody has the same exact car. So you still have, okay, you know, what are these teams going to do to get the max performance that they can within these regulations? And it's just this amazing dance that teams are doing to get these cars to perform how they can. It's, i find it very fascinating it's a sport that just hits all of the little like dopamine triggers inside me you got cool places that they go in the world like they're traveling all around the world got fast cars love that you know you got great personalities because i follow these guys on social media and they do they do interviews you know you got great personalities um you got crazy drama even though the netflix drive to survive series hypes up the drama a lot um you know, you, you got an insane fight for the championship going this se- season. Awesome, amazing, amazing technology. It's small enough that you can, like, know who's who and understand, the st- like, the story, quote-unquote, of what's going on. You know, these, these are all things that I've said in previous episodes. But to, to come back to kind of what I originally wanted to talk about before I got way too excited and amped about Formula One specifically... I really do love racing. Do do I ever feel like I could go back in time and be like, "Ah, oh, you know, I sh- I should have tried to be a race, you know, a race driver, a race car driver." No. It, it is a wildly expensive profession to get into. And though my dad made good money, it's like my dad wasn't making raising a future race car driver money. Um, you know, you need tens of thousands when your kid is young for traveling and the karting and the equipment and it just goes up from there so i i can reasonably say like oh man but sure that that could have that was, that was kind of a dream like oh a race car driver but it's like i can really realistically say without any heartbreak that it wasn't going to happen but i still would like to be involved in some way i was watching a video of this guy that makes youtube uh, makes YouTube videos about the Formula One video game, um, and he was doing a Q and A, and somebody asked, "Hey, if you weren't making YouTube videos for a living, what would you do?" And he's like, "Well, I actually went to university for aerospace engineering, and I wanted to be an engineer for a Formula One team." Because aerodynamics is a huge part, massive part of race cars, right? Cutting through the air as quickly as you possibly can. And you need, you know, some of the top aerospace engineers in Formula One. So he's was like, that was my goal. Um, and I forgot if he said like, oh, you know, I, I realized like probably wouldn't have worked out, right? He's like, not that I didn't do poorly in school, but it's not like I was number one in my class. Um oh and then he's like I kind of also realized that as much as I love Formula 1 my love of Formula 1 probably wouldn't have kept my passion alive to do aerospace engineering for a full-time job. So he's like, you know, I I got very lucky and blessed being able to do YouTube related to the Formula 1 game. And there's another YouTube channel that I follow. Um And one of the guys on that YouTube channel was doing commentary for the Formula One game eSports League that just kicked off, I think today. It kicked off today. Um, And so, yeah, not only does he, not only is he part of this YouTube channel that does Formula One content, he is also a part of the commentary team That does the Formula One game esports league, which is really cool. Now, Formula One is based out of the UK, so I highly doubt I'll be in any position to be part of the commentary team for Formula One esports. I would love to, I think that'd be super fun. Like, I would love to be able to do that, but you know, just being involved in some way. And being part of that community and in like in like a, in, in a bigger fashion, I would love to do that. And e- even if it's not Formula One specifically, you know, let's talk IndyCar because IndyCar is an American series and NASCAR is an American series. You know, there are two drivers that I'm following in IndyCar, Roman Grosjean and Jimmy Johnson. And Jimmy Johnson used to be one of my favorite NASCAR drivers, he's doing IndyCar now. You know, doing something for those. Like, sure, I might not have the resume background to get in any of those positions, but it's like, here are these guys that do it on YouTube or do podcasts or, you know, are are just involved in some way. I I like racing. I'm passionate about racing, and I just want to be involved. And if at the end of the day, it's like, hey, yeah, you're you're just a fan, and you and your wife are fans, and you and your dad are fans, and then you just enjoy the sport as a spectator, that's, that's A-OK. That's 100% A-OK, because... You know, being a fan of something is special in its own right. You know, thoroughly enjoying something, being a fan of it, being a supporter of it it is special in its own right. Like it has its, its own amazing place in the lives of people. Being a fan of things and it can bring you that joy and just that escape from the reality of your life for a moment is an amazing, wonderful thing. But, boy, would I love to just be engrossed in it. Oh, man, if I, if I was rich enough, I could own a Formula One team. Ooh, what a deal. Although, it's way cheaper to own a, an IndyCar team. So, maybe I'd go that route. It's way cheaper to get into. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Tep Sox, the Premier Podcast. I've just been thinking so much about, like, how much I love racing and, like, my whole life I have even though there was a a chunk in the middle where it's like i didn't follow racing of any kind all that much just i've liked watching vehicles just go fast it's like the it's like the simple kid brain of mine you know kid go like car go fast and i'm very interested in it anyway thanks for listening check out my website jasontubbs.com pummelhead on different platforms uh like favorite share follow rate the podcast wherever you do on your respective platform and i'll catch you in the next episode peace